0: for that. I, I'm so excited about what God is doing. Um, I want to talk to you today about heaven and the bema. Heaven and the bema. The bema is Latin and it, it actually talks about, uh, it's actually the judgment seat of Christ and we can talk about that. Last week we talked about hell and the great white throne judgment um, where all the sinners are, are judged and today we can talk about heaven and the bema, the, um, the, the judgment seat of Christ where all our Christians are, are, um, will, be, will be rewarded. So I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for uh, my. I think he stepped out with the kids, but my friend Adam is here today, and he's a church planner here in Wilmington. I'm so excited about that, and so excited um, that him and his family's come to join with us and be with us today. We're praying blessings over them and their church as well. Um, So Leonard Ravenhill, I saw this man. I was just like, "Oh, this is so beautiful." Leonard Ravenhill, you ever heard? Living Ravenhill, he is captivating. Look up Leonard Ravenhill on on the internet and just watch any sermon. He grabs you. And he preaches for like an hour and a half. I'm talking about a solid hour and a half of nothing but preaching. And he ain't, he's just walking around. He ain't using no notes. He ain't using nothing. He's just talking. But anyway, he said, Revelation, the book of Revelation, is a book of mystery, majesty, and misery. And I was like, oh, how beautiful is that? Because that that's exactly what it is. It's talking about God's majesty and all the majesty that he has. And it's not, Okay, thank you. Um, about all the majesty that he has and all of the misery that, that people will go through that don't make heaven, right? We're talking about hell. And then also we're talking about the mystery. There's, there's a lot of things in there that is mysterious, right? Have you ever tried to, have you ever tried to read um, uh, Revelation? It, it's, it's hard, ain't it? You know, I've been, I've been, my face has been in the book about every day this week trying to, trying to figure some things out, right? And really do some study. I think last week uh, I talked to um, somebody earlier this morning and Pat, and she said, she said or, or maybe it was Rob, but he said, man, last week he had like 57 scriptures. I said, well, hang on, I got to lease that this week too. You know, because, because when we talk about these things that are you know, like hell and different things, I want you to be able to go back to the Word of God, and, and you know, I'm not going to be able to give you all the scriptures, and I can talk to you about them afterwards, but I want you to understand what the Bible says about these things. You know, because I'm not just standing up here just yapping my jaws trying to tell you stuff and just trying to tell you what I think, you know. You know, I, at, at times I'll try to let you know when, it, when that happens. But, but I want to talk to you about God. And so talking about heaven, heaven is just so wonderful. I feel like we've experienced a little, just a little, little taste of a little spoonful of heaven today. But I want, you, I want to show you real quick a quick video of um, some kids and what they think about heaven.
1: like a beautiful plate. Rainbow colored with glitter. Like colors you never seen before. Purple and pink and red and white. Pinky purple. Maybe I'm thinking that heaven might look like a cloud. Clouds. Old in the yellow clouds, it doesn't, it doesn't have glass, <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to be made of marshmallows. That's funny. It's a house where you die, in a big, giant house. He's gonna make a big room for you and me. Bigger than like the whole world. And he's gonna make a giant school for you. Like, like the more people that move into heaven, the, the bigger God makes it. And so the kids have more room to play. That's gonna be awesome. My grandma and grandpa will be in heaven. My dad, he's getting super old. I think my dad's going to be the first one that's going (gasps) to (laughs) die. Mary, I think that's the only girl... I think I'm never going to die. I think I'm just going to be all by myself. These animals. I got to play with Jesus. Oh! chick fil a there's going to be a baseball team in heaven. <laughs> White Sox, I think, will be in heaven. We could let, like, the people who play the Cubs go to heaven. I was so excited go to heaven. Jesus. And I was planning on giving him a high five or something. I, I'll miss when he does down low to slow parts because he's fast. And it's gonna be, like, stuff in heaven. The stuff that's in the world. Even in Texas, even in California. I would have a zip line. Because then I can like get like a paper towel and then jump on it and then it would hold on and then I can like swing down it. I will wear sparkly stuff in heaven. A pretty dress. TV's. I think there's gonna be every food on earth in heaven. Bread and not cereal. Blood and juice and fruit. Like watermelon. Maybe some strawberries. French fries. There's not McDonald's in heaven. Uh. We won't even think about getting hungry. You don't have to go to grocery store at all. Just heaven has it at all. We'll never get cold or sick or hungry or anything. We'll just be happy. I'm not going to fall down in heaven. I already got it, Allie. <laughs> I looked all, all over my foot. It'll be okay. <laughs> And I really miss God. That's the last thing I can
0: tell you about heaven. That's wonderful. He said, my dad's getting pretty old. He'll probably be the first one in heaven. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. So let's start off, before we get to heaven, let's start off, just give me a couple scriptures about the rapture. Um, First off, I want you to know that rapture, the word rapture is not in the Bible. We talk about it, but it is not in the Bible. It talks about a catching away, um, but not um, the word rapture. So 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 52. It says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall all not sleep, but we shall be, shall be changed. And that, so that right there is telling us that, you know what? There, there will be people alive when the rapture comes. There will be people that do not die. As far as down into the grave, there will be people still walking on earth when Christ comes back. But we all will be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, um, at the last trumpet, the trump will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Now, you see that, 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 that the trump and the sound. If you notice, when he came into this earth the first time, he came quietly. He came humbly. He didn't want nobody to know who he was. He wanted them to recognize who he was. Now everybody should recognize who he is. So now when he comes back, he's coming back with a sound and, and, and a trumpet. And so there's going to be noise made when he comes back this time. The first time he came quietly and humbly, next time it's not. First um, Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, And with the trumpet of God, so lots of noise when he comes, praise God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then all who are alive and remain shall be caught up, that's the rapture part, shall be caught up into into the air with him in the clouds and meet him in the air, and uh, and thus we will always be with the Lord. So we will... will, the graves will burst open, all the, the bodies from the seas that were cremated, and all this stuff will come back together, meet him in the air, and be a tra- and, and transformed into our, our heavenly bodies, and then we will go to be to heaven with him for the seven, about seven years or so. Now, it talks about in 2 Peter 1 and 11, it says that we're going to have a welcome when we get there. You know, we always talk about, well, hey, grandma's going to be there to greet you and all that kind of stuff. So when you die, you know, grandma, granddaddy, and dad, those people will be there. Because it says in 2 Peter 1 and 11, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, you know when you go to a wedding, there's a grand entrance, they have a grand entrance and everybody's clapping and stuff and they're rejoicing. Well, same way in heaven. You will, be able to, you, will, you will be able to recognize people. The Bible says you'll know them as they were. You'll know that's your wife. You'll know that's your kid. You'll know that's your ex. You know, but you won't have any kind of, some kind of way feelings about that. You'll just be like, that's my ex, you know. You know, you, you know, and so, you know, and you will notice them. You will recognize them because Peter recognized Moses and Elijah in Matthew 17, 3 and 4, who were long dead before the transfiguration. He never seen them. Never had, they weren't pictures back then. You know, you couldn't Google a picture of what they looked like, but he knew them. So the, body that, the, the heavenly body that they had was recognizable. Now, um, in heaven, uh, it tells us, and, and I'm just going to run through, I haven't got time to read all these, so I'm just going to tell you. In Revelation 21 and 4, it says there's going to be no sickness and no pain. Can we all rejoice about that right there? No sickness and no pain. Um, also in 21.4 and also in Revelation 7.17, there's no sorrow or crying or mourning. You know, um, in Job chapter 3 and 17 and Second Thessalonians 1 and 7, it says, No violence and no wars, but only peace and rest. So, man, this is just getting exciting already. Luke 20 and 36, there's no more death. Revelation 21 and 4, same thing. There's no hunger or thirst, Revelation 7, 16 and 17 says. And there's no marriage in heaven. Matthew 22 and 30 on 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. So there's no marriage. Well, what, well, wait a second. Why can't I get married if I don't get married? Well, because we're supposed to be married to Christ. We are Christ's bride. We are the bride. We marry him. He's the one. There's not going to be no lust. There's not going to be no loving like that, like that. The only love we're going to have is towards God like that. It's not going to be like an individual. Oh, she's fine. Look at that angel. You know, ain't going to be none of that going on. You know? But we will have resurrected bodies. Revelation six and eleven, and Revelations four and four. It says we will have resurrection bodies. So you a body, but no flesh and blood. Pastor Doug, well, absolutely. But we will have some kind of body because it says that we will have robes. So we'll have to have something that that it, you know it may not be flesh and blood, but it may be some kind of heavenly flesh. I don't know. But we will have robes, right, and crowns. So therefore, we will have a, a some kind of body that people will recognize. It's not going to be like Casper the Ghost, where we're just it's just visible and you just you. Know, see-through, and you fly around, all right? Um, Also, probably the best news that I figured out this week in heaven, that's not the best news, but this is a joke, but you know what I'm saying. There's no political elections in heaven. (laughs) Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and God is God. No more politics. It's over. It's over when you get there. Praise God Almighty. Okay, and then uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 11-12 says that heaven is a place of rewards, heaven is a place of rewards and we'll get down to the beam in a little bit but i want to read the scripture god blesses you when you, when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all evil sorts of things about you because you are my followers be happy about it and i was like i got to read the rest of this verse okay because i'm not happy the pastor's not happy when people talk about him persecute him violate him right just in my in my flesh Okay, but he says, but be happy about it. Okay, God, why? Then he says, don't just be happy. It says, be very glad. (laughs) For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So what it's saying is, you know, we get all upset. She called me and then he called me. He's talking about me. He's calling my name out. He's saying this. He's saying that. He's saying, when you be happy about it and you don't try to get revenge and you don't try to bring it up, you don't try to deal with it. You just say, God, Lord, I just pray for them. I pray for those who persecute me and violate me. It says that there will be a reward in heaven for that. And there's different crowns. There's different crowns that you have. And I do want to talk about the different crowns right now that you'll receive at the the judgment seat. But I want to talk about the judgment seat later. But I want to talk about this right now. The first crown that I I have, that I found is the incorruptible crown. It's in Corinthians 9 and 25. These crowns for the incorruptible crown is a crown for those who have mastered their old nature. The old man. The old man, you know, we you know we put on. We know whenever we 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 whenever we become saved, we take off our old man. We unzip those clothes and step into our new man, our new life, right? And so, what the thing is, is it says that there'll be an incorruptible crown, and so we master our old nature. We're able to 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 overcome our old self and 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 become the Christian that God's called us to be. Kind of like we we are sanctified. You know what I'm saying? We we we're trying to live and overcome our old nature. Number two, there's a crown of rejoicing. And this is in Thessalonians 2 and 19. This is giving to soul winners. This is a crown I want. I'm shooting for that one. And it's not, there's just not one, so everybody can have one if you want one, okay? So I'm not trying to take it. There's not only one. But everybody can give one. I want, I want that. I want God says, man, you were a soul winner, Pastor Doug. You cared about souls. You cared about people. And you went after the loss at any cost. You went out to the highways and the byways and to the hedges. And you, you tried to reach anybody that you could for Jesus. I want that crown. And we all should want that crown. Yes. And just because you say, hey, I hope people get saved, that's not what that crown's for. That crown's for people who have a passion and a desire, and their goal in life is to win souls of Christ. Yes. Oh, yeah. Then you have the crown of life, and that's in James chapter 1 and 12. And it's talking about those who successfully endure trials. When you successfully endure trials, trials, br- brings, trials br- brings blessing. When you go through a trial and you go through a hard time, you can know that blessing is coming. When you're going through a bad time, you're going through a bad week, and you feel all kind of spiritual warfare and all kind of stuff's going on, you can be assured that God is about to bring something good. And the opposite, whenever you're going through, through a good time, you can know that the devil's trying to bring something bad. It's like a cycle, right? But you can know that you can have that crown of righteousness. I'm sorry, of the crown of life that for those who endure trials. And I'm doing my best to try to get that crown too. The crown of righteousness is the next one, Second Timothy 4 and 8. Those who especially love the doctrine of the rapture. You ever met somebody who just talks about the rapture all the time? They're all the time talking about the doctrine of the rapture, about those who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air, and they're just all about the rapture, they're all about that. That is a crown for, the, for those people. And then the next one that I, I desire is um, the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, 4. This is given to faithful teachers and preachers. That's for people who've been faithful to God to preach and teach the gospel, you know, and rightly divided, rightly divided in the truth. Just because you get up and speak and you preach or teach, don't mean that you get this crown. It's faithful. And faithful to who? Faithful to God and faithful to the Word. And it's going to be that. And I, and I think of people like Don Nelson and, you know, and, and also Jay King. Those, those are two, you know, that they really love the Word, and they're, they're studious of the Word, and they are very, very enamored with, with the Word of God and teaching, teaching the Word. So I'll think about them. So, so those are the five crowns that you'll have. That, so again, that's the incorruptible crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of life, the crown of righteousness, and the crown of glory. And then in Revelations 4, 6 to 11, um, heaven is a place where God is worshiped. This is first said way back in Isaiah chapter 6, 2 and 3. It says, each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were all covered, their eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the Almighty One who always was, who is and still is to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor um, and thanks to the One who was sitting on the throne, the One who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down, Um, in worship one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and forever and lay down their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy O Lord our God to receive glory and honor and power you are created for you created all things that um, and they exist because you created what you please so we have these crowns right and so we got got this uh, uh, everybody right now the angels in heaven are worshipping God because God created them to worship him right but then real soon when we get to heaven, then we're going to be asking them to move over a little bit because now I don't have to praise God. I choose. God. I God, praise God because I want to. God had much rather hear our praises than, than the angels that he created that they have to praise him, right? And then so he, we, they are sitting there every day. We're just worshiping and praising God. And we're going to get there, and we're going to be able to praise God, and it's going to be a place of, of, of intense worship to God. And we're going to feel his presence 24-7. You know, there's a little bit of glory that we felt a while ago. That's going to happen 24-7, over and over and over. All the days of our lives, we will be feeling the glory of God. Heaven is a place where God lives. Deuteronomy 26 and 15 says, Now look down on your holy dwelling place in heaven. Um, now look down from your holy dwelling place in heaven and bless your people Israel um, and the land that you swore your ancestors to give us, a land of Flowing with milk and honey. And then in John 14, 2, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to a prepare a place for you. That, that, that um, In my Father's house, there's another, a lot of other translations say that in my Father's house are many rooms instead of mansions. So I started thinking about that. I've heard a lot of people, and doing my research, is a lot of people that really feel like that that, that is more rooms than mansions. And what I was thinking about, I was like, well, if there's one, you know, it, we say in my father's house, and his house could be heaven, so there's mansions in heaven. But what if he had this, this big, 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 big house, right? And each one of the houses had rooms in it, and those rooms are as mansions, because heaven is so big, right? And each one of those rooms is his mansion. Your room in heaven is going to be like a mansion here on earth. See what I'm saying? It's going to be so big and so, so spectacular. In my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, I go to prepare a place for you. And he is preparing a place for us in heaven to go and live there with him. And whether it is a room, whether it's a mansion, that's somatical. It doesn't matter. We're going to be there. We're going to have a place to stay. We're going to be in his presence, right? Um, heaven is also a place of exceeding joy. Jude, chapter 124. Jude is a little book right before Revelations that nobody reads. Um, now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault it's going to be great joy we are going to have all kind of exceeding joy we will walk around in heaven with just in bliss we will walk around there will be no sorrow there will be no more pain we will be not 24-7 we will be happy and joyful and excited um uh, okay calm down Doug. Mark 10 and 21 it says looking at the man jesus felt genuine love for him there is one thing that you haven't done he told him go and sell your possessions and give to give the money to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me he was talking to the rich man the rich man had all this stuff and he had all his thoughts and his 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 mindset on all possessions he was all about stuff he was all about about what he can obtain and Christ is like, that's your God, that's your idol. If you want to serve me, you need to, you need to get rid of all that stuff and focus on me and then come and follow me. And so, but what he he said though is once you do that, once you once you don't make that your king and your and your Lord and you're not those idols are not are not, not above me, then whenever you are you, you are serving me and you are giving to the poor and you are helping those that are sick and you are doing these things and giving stuff away, then you are storing treasures in heaven. Somebody told me one time, it's just, it just a comment they made, it's not, it's not biblical except for the scriptures, what they use. They said every time we do stuff like that, it says we're storing treasures in heaven. We're, we're sending up timber when every time we praise God and every time that we, we, we do these things, we're sending up timber to build our, our, our mansion. And they said, how, how big is your mansion going to be? It's up to you. you know? uh, that was kind of cool. That's not, that's not necessarily biblical, but I, I, I kind of I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, the next one is, our names are saved and are written in heaven. Luke 10, 19 and 20. It says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Listen, nevertheless, or but, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Don't rejoice that I can rebuke a demon and a spirit, they can flee. Don't rejoice that if Satan walked in that I can rebuke him and he had to leave. And I Don't rejoice that if someone uh, is possessed, I can rebuke them and the spirit has to come out. He said, that's good and that's happy, and that's wonderful. But the thing is, don't rejoice and that rejoice that your name is written down in heaven. You're registered. Once you are a Christian, you accept Christ in your life, you are pre-registered for heaven. Amen? Here's the next one. I mentioned this before, but I want to read read the Scripture, actually, in in this context. Revelation 21 and 4. There are no tears or no sadness in heaven. And it says, And God shall wipe away all the tears of their eyes, and there shall be no more death. No sorrow, nor crying, neither will there be no more pain, for the former things will pass away. All those things are former, pre, pre-heaven, all those things don't exist no more. They, they do not, and God says in another scripture, um, that, um, I forget the exact one, but it says that he puts our, our tears in a bottle, that he collects our tears and our, and our sorrows, and he wants to wipe the tears away from our eyes, right? Um, and so those are the, some, some of the things that, that it talks about in heaven. Now, what are we going to eat? Well, you know, I, you, you would think that we're not going to have a digestive system and all that. But it, the Bible does talk about when we get to heaven, we're going to have the marriage supper of the lamb. And it does talk about fruit. You know, and it, it does talk about drink. You know, and so, so there, there could very possibly something. I don't know. I, I've, I've researched and I can't get a definite answer on that. But, but it does show that there's possibilities of us eating and drinking. We will, like I said, we will have some sort of body. You know, we will be recognizable, so it's, 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 it's different how that's going to be. So I want to talk to you just a moment about the judgment seat of Christ, which is the reward system for, for Christians, or the Bema. It says in um, Romans 14 and 10, the Bible says that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, All right, And, and um, it says the judgment seat is after the rapture, um, but, but the great white throne judgment is um, after the millennial reign. Okay, we talked last, last week about the, the, the great white throne judgment where all sinners are, are judged for, for their sins, right? The great white, the, the judgment seat of Christ, we go to heaven, that's when we have uh, the judgment seat and we're rewarded. And then we come back down to earth, you know, for, for the thousand years reign, and then the devil's going to be released so he can try to deceive some more people. Then their judgment happens. Um, First Corinthians four and five says, "Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes. For for um, who will both bring the light to hidden things in the darkness and disclose the motives and the hearts of each man's praise will come to him from God." Okay, so so it's saying that God will disclose the hidden things in darkness and disclose the motive of men's heart that that bring to light right there where it says bring to light in verse five. That means, in, in the Greek, um, it says photizo, which, which means to bring light, which means to make visible. And the word, disc, he will disclose motives. that means um, phanero, P-H-A-N-E-R-O-O. It means to manifest or reveal. See, it should be very clear to us that, that he, God will eva- evaluate and bring to light our motives and, and things when it comes to, to us in heaven on uh, this judgment seat. Things will become our motives, our, how we felt about things, how, what our desires were, our inner thoughts and our inner motives. See, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and each one be recompensed for the deeds in his body according to what he has done, good or bad. Revelation 22 and 12 says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, and I render to every man according to what he has done. See, judgment will be done fairly, it will be done individually, and it will be done thoroughly. We cannot stand before God and say, God, but Ethan made me do this right here, God. And I tell you, and Tiffany, man, she made me so mad, God. Only reason I sinned that day was because, and I'll tell you what, and and Craig, man, oh my gosh, can you, and and he's going to be like, "Ah, stop. They all will stand before me, but this is your time. What have you done? What were your motives behind it? How did you respond? And this and that and the other. And it's going to it's going to be done fairly. And it's going to be quality. It's going to be quality, not quantity. It's not going to be that he is so concerned about how much that we've done. Well, look at all this stuff I've done, God. Because like I said, but if you've done it with the wrong motives and the wrong thoughts, God's more concerned about the quality that you did with the right the right ability. And so, so what, is, what is going to happen here? What, why are we there? It says to, to judge co- the quality of every one of our works, good or bad. See, actually, there's a, an evaluation. Do you know there's an evaluation of our works every single day? Pastor Doug, hold on. You're talking about works right now. But you said that I can go to heaven. It don't matter what I do. It's all about salvation. Absolutely, 100%. You, you, you cannot work your way into heaven. You cannot be good enough to go to heaven. You can only get to heaven except you be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay? That's it. But once we get there, our rewards are based on our works, our motives, our thoughts, our actions, our deeds. So if everybody thinks, well, I'm just going to be saved and that's all, well, why do I, I don't care about all those. Listen. How wonderful is it going to be to have your robe and your crowns and jewels and all these things that God's going to give us and for us just to lay them down at our feet and say, God, we did it all for you. Rather than saying, well, I got some some fool's gold right here, God, for you. You know what I'm saying? You know, you won't have nothing, but we we won't won't be that. There won't be no guilt and no shame there, so I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. But it says, Revelation 2, 2 through 3, it says, I see what you've done, your work, your hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil, that, and you weed out the apostolic, apostolic um pretenders. I know your persistence, your courage in my calls, you never wear out. So God sees that. And he's like, man, I see every day, I see your hard work. So God does recognize it. When you do stuff, and even you do stuff here in the church, I wish I could figure out how to tell how everybody what everybody does and stuff and everybody does so much everybody does so little, little things that I never know about but you know what I try my best to love you and tell you how I care and to tell you thank you but if you never get a thank you here on earth you are promised that God sees every deed that you do our job is not to say when well, nobody said nothing no I didn't get paid nothing I didn't nobody said no I'm not going to do it well what that really means is you only did it for the praise in the first place you really didn't do it for God you didn't do it because you really wanted to. You didn't do it because you were trying to help somebody, because you, you felt bad and God pricked your heart. You did it because you wanted some glory for it. And God says, if you want glory here on earth, tap, tap, tap. You get it right here. You ain't going to get it in heaven. And it says another, th- another thing that, w- that we're judged for, to destroy and remove the unacceptable production um, portrayed in symbols of wood, hay, and stubble. Sound like little pigs, right? It talks about our works. If we have wrong motives and wrong desires and wrong thoughts and deeds, it says all those actions, no matter how good they are, you could have gave somebody a million dollars to the poor, but if you gave it for everybody to see that you did that, God says, I'll burn that up in in, in a fire, and you won't get any reward for that. Because it's about our motives, our thoughts, our deeds. Um, It's not done in our energy of our flesh. And it's also to, for a reward for the believers for the good that he or she has done. And they are portrayed of, of gold. It says they'll, they'll be portrayed as gold, silver, and precious stones. And they will not be consumed by fire. Well, how is well, that? Well, first off, gold, um, silver, and, and st- precious stones are all very valuable. And they've already been tried by fire. And they will all stand the test of the fire. So God will give those things to us, the gold, silver, and, and, and the stones, and those will, those will be good for all the things that we did do good with the right motives. The things that you did that nobody knew about. The person that you helped that you gave a little dollar in his last dollar you had. The person that you offered a meal to. The person that you paid for the coffee in line ahead of you. The person that's having a bad day and you just called them up and said, hey, just thinking about you, love you, pray for you. And you really meant it. Not the times that you did it for, for, for clout. Or for, for someone to see or somebody to look at. The judgment seat can be kind of compared to a, a graduation ceremony. You know, you get your reward. You go across the stage and they give you your thing, right? You ain't sitting there saying, man, well, I, I could have made it. I might I made a C, but I probably could have made a D, I mean a, a B. I might could have made an A if I tried harder. No. Everybody's like, I graduated. <laughs> yes. Praise God. You know, and that's how it's going to be. You're not going to be looking at heaven like, oh, man, I didn't do any more than and that's not. It's not going to be that. There's going to be no sorrow in heaven. Okay, it's just going to, you're just going to be thankful for what you did do. You're going to be thankful. You know, God th- I'm just thankful i got this right here to give to you, God. You're not going to say, look how much he's got. That's not, look how much she's got. That, that won't be a thought in your mind. Because his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. We won't think the same there as we do now. Now we think, look at that house, look at his car, look at his church, look at that. I mean, that's not, how God, that's not how God wants it. In heaven, God's like, hey, you got some, I got some, let's give them to him, let's do it together. Because we're all together, and you're just thankful that you have it. It's kind of like the bat boy at the World Series. You know, they may give him $10, I don't know what he gets paid for being a little bat boy. You know, but the thing is, is whenever, when they win the championship, and they win the World Series, he's just as excited as every single person out there on the team. Why? Just because just he's a part. Every time, the, all, five, all five times the Dallas Cowboys won the, 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 the Super Bowl, the guys that are on the bench, they were just happy to be at the Super Bowl. That's how it's going to be for us. We're not going to be like, oh, man, I could have done more. You won't know. Now is the time that you need to think, I could do more. You won't be thinking that in heaven. But right now is a time that you think, hey, man, I need to do more for God. I want to get some more rewards so I can give them to him. Make sure in your heart you want those rewards so, they're for, so that you can return them to him and give him thanks for all that he's done and give him praise for that, not for you to have your own. So what works will be judged? Well, maybe how we obey the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go ye therefore to the world you know, and, and disciple everyone, bringing all nations unto God and, you know, and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a great commission. We need to, we need to know that and we need to go out and try to, to go out and win the loss. How well did you reach the great commission? How well did you go out and, and, and preach Jesus? How well did you go out and share God with people, to your friends, and to your family? We'll be judged on that kind of stuff. Something else Romans chapter 5, I'm at 6, verses 1 and 2. We'll, we will be judged if we were victorious over sin. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us um, more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to, to sin, how can we continue to live in it? it it's, it's, not a, it's not a thing where, oh, well, I'm saved now. I can do what I want to. I'm going to go to heaven so I can just go ahead and sin. God's grace will cover me. That's not, that's not how it works. That's not, it's not a once saved, always saved heaven. It, you know, we, got, we, will get, um, we will be judged on how victorious we were over sin. Did you just say, just, uh, I'll just sin and God will forgive me? God's like, no, that's not how it works. We'll be judged probably because of the fact of how we control our tongue. James chapter 3 verses 1 through 9 talks about tongue as a fire. And if you, if you know, I, me being in the military, on, on my, my big old guided missile frigate ship, you know, 400 feet long, the steering wheel is about that big. Literally, literally, you see, it's not Gilligan's Island where they're slinging that big old thing. It's really about that big, and you just turn it like just, just like an eighth of an inch, man, and you'll, you'll go off course. You know, that's, he's like, that's, that he refers, James refers that to our tongue, that, that our tongue is like a fire, and it burns, and it hurts, and it hurts people, and brings them down. Also, possibly, we'll be judged upon um, the doctrine and the degree of our intellectual honesty exhibited by a person when des- deciding the doctrinal beliefs. And as I was studying reading, I like how it said that, and I was like, I just want to just say that just like that. It sounds more, more smart than me. So, um <clears throat> But the thing is, let me, let me go to the Word of God and find, we find in Romans two fifteen and 16. It says, they demonstrate that God's law was written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts. Either excuse, accuse them or tell them what they're doing right. And this is the message that I proclaim. The day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. So those things, it's not necessarily written in the Bible, that's, that's a sin or not. That, you're, that you know right from wrong, that whether it's in the Bible or not, we'll be judged on our conscience. That you know, that's what the Bible talks about, for you to, for you to know to do right and not do it, it's a sin, that's what it's talking about. So we're going to be judged on our conscience. Did we do stuff that we knew that was right, but we didn't do it? Stuff that we, 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 in our mind, it doesn't really give us black and white here, but we knew we knew it was probably wrong and we did it anyway, we'll be judged on that as well. Our conduct, our behavior, our attitude towards others—you know, hey, the Bible says love, we'll be judged if we love our neighbor. Because hey, that's a great—that's a great commandment, right? You know, love your neighbor as yourself. We'll be judged on how we loved our neighbor, all our neighbors, all of our neighbors. And I—I I started to go through and name all of our neighbors that we have, but it's just too too many. But you know what I mean you know our republican and democrat and our white and our black and our and, and our homosexual and our lesbian and, our, and 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 our crackhead and our 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 addict, addict and our alcoholic all of our neighbors right. will be judged on how romans. we handle them and how we love them also every word spoken every word that you speak will be judgment romans 14 10 and 11 so do you condemn other um, uh, do you condemn another believer why do you look down on another believer Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as I surely live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue, um, uh, tongue will declare allegiance to God. Or every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's Romans 10, 14, and 11. We'll be judged on how we talk about other believers. Our gossiping about other believers is a big deal to God. God's like, I'm not going to do you. He said, that's your brother in Christ. That's your sister in Christ. Why are you talking about them? Why are you putting them out there like that? Our behavioral traits, which is, um, the Bible talks about a fool, avoid foolish genealogies. You know, that basically it's avoid stupid questions. You know, in other words, things that don't make sense, don't sit here and argue about somebody over something that is not a heaven or hell issue. You can debate, and you can talk, and you discuss, but don't get into an argument over something that, that means nothing. Over our outer words, our foolishness, our dishonesty, our broken promises, our wrongdoings, and so on and so on. Also, our pers- personal characteristics involving lost and neglected opportunities. The opportunities that you had for God that you didn't take, those could be rewards for us. Those wasted talents that you, did, you, you had a talent and you quit using it for God, God says we could get rewards for that. We'll be judged for our loose living and our lack of spirituality. And our lack of commitment. And also our spiritual traits. Our disobedience and rejection to God. When God prompts you to do something and we don't do it. When God said, do this right here, and we were disobedient to His word. Disobedient to Him speaking to us. God's like, that. that's something else. I got this, this little, uh, that was, um, I got scriptures for all those I just talked about. I forgot to mention them, I'm sorry. But it says, um, this is a little poem I got. It says, His plan for me. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ... And he shows his plan for me. The plan of my life as it might have been had he had it his way and I see. How I blocked him here and checked him there and I would not yield my will. Will there be grief in my Savior's eyes? Grief for he, or he still loves me? Would he have me rich as I stand there poor? Stripped from all, of my, all but grace. While memory runs through a hunted thing down the past I cannot retrace. Lord, of the years that you you left to me, I give them to thy hand. Take me and break me and mold me to the pattern that thou hast planned. We have to pray that God will make us and break us and mold us and shape us into what he wants us to be. We need to be praying right now, God, what can I do better? How can I do more for you? How can I serve you more? Yes, you don't have time, No, We all have time to do what we want to do. We make time for things that are important. You found that out right now. All the stuff that you thought that was so, so, so serious. Oh, my God, I can't do without this. I got to do this every day. And all of a sudden, COVID hit. You ain't done it in six months. Really? So we got to understand that we make plans for what we want. And we got to look at God and say, you know what, God? I need to serve. I need to do more. I need to be part of a small group. I need to go to church. I need to be committed to these things and do these things for you. And I need to reach out to the lost. And then lastly here, I want to talk real quickly. I just want to read this little part about the new heaven and the new earth. You know, when we come back down and we have the new heaven and the new earth, it says, Revelation 20, 21, 10 through 27. I'm not going to read it all. But it says, so he took me to a, a, a spirit, took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. John, can you put that picture up for me at the end? I, this, I went to a site, and it showed that if, if by the dimensions that it says about the, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, new Jerusalem. That by its dimensions, that this right here is what it's going to look. If you put it on, sit it on the earth, it was like that. It said it could be a cube or it could actually be a pyramid based on the the, the numbers, but but likely it would be a cube. It said. So if you put all that, it almost covers the whole United States, right? Um, Looking on the globe, look how far away it is. It's kind of it's kind of cool. But anyway, it's a New Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. It shone with its glory and in God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper's as clear as crystal. The city was broad and high. Twelve gates guarded the twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on each one of the gates. There were three gates on the uh, on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held me and held me in his hand with a held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city. Its gates and its wall, when it measured, it found that it was a square as wide and as long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. So 1,400 miles up, side, back, down, deep, on all four corners. Um, Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick. The walls. Now, that's kind of cool. Um, according to human standard used by the angel. Um, the, wa- the wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold and clear as glass. The, the, the wall on the city was built on the foundation of the stones, inlaid into twelve precious stones. First was jasper, then sapphire, third a gate, the fourth was emerald, the fifth was ox, um, ox um, onyx, the sixth was carnelian, the seventh was chrysolite, the 8th, Beryl, the ninth Topaz, the 10th, Chrysophrase, the 11th, jacinth, and the 12th, Amethyst. I was going to stop before that because I realized I didn't want to read all their names because I don't know how to pronounce them. The 12 gates were made of pearl. Each gate was made of a single pearl. You got 12 gates, 12 gates, each one made of one single pearl. The 12 gates were made of pearls, each one of a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. And I saw no temple in the city for the, for the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb was um, are its temple. And the city has no need for the sun or the moon for the glory of the glo- gl- glory of God illuminates the city. There won't be no lights. There won't be no lamps because God in, will be so bright. He'll be shining so bright we won't need the moon or the sun. And the Lamb Jesus is its light. The, um, the nations will walk in his light and the kings of the world will enter the city of all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the um, at the end of the day, because there is no, no night there, all the nations will, will bring glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed into there, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, will. Um, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. And this, this, when I saw this right here, what it said up under it, I want to read it to you. It says, if you are a mile away from the city, away from the holy city, you will not be able to see the top. But if you are ten miles away, at five. Um, but if you are ten, five thousand miles, ten thousand miles away, you can see the top. At five thousand miles away, you would. It would appear a hundred and thirty times larger than the moon. To appear the size of the moon, it would have to be 1, 427 miles away. Because the city is at least fourteen hundred miles high in length, width, and height, it could be shaped like a cube or pyramid. Um, it does. Um, and, and then it revela- refers back to Revelations and Cube again. But, but it just goes on and on. So it, it's going to be extravagant. It's going to be amazing. But, but we don't need to be thinking so much about that, of, of how it's going to look. We just need to get there. We need to focus on living a, a pure life a holy life, a godly life, to where we can, we can live the life to get there and say, God, what can I do right now to serve the church, to serve you, to serve others, to, ser- to serve God? What can I do, it, Lord? And when I do it, help me with my motives. Before you do something, think, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for God? Or am I doing this just because she said, yeah, you want to add a dollar for the kids of Africa or, or, or Asia or, or for America or for Puerto Rico or whatever, or you just want to? yeah, yeah, sure. That, that wasn't out of my heart for God. That was just because she asked right but when we say you know what man bless them little kids wherever they may be they're they're homeless and you know what is it feed 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 the hunger or whatever i think that little thing they ask a lot of times you know lord as kids i want to bless yes i want to give a dollar or two dollars or five dollars whatever it is when you're doing it before the car behind you you know a lot of times whenever i have people like 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 we get in the dunk donut's line they'll race me to the thing you know i love it so i'll beat them there and then i'll pay for their meal it makes me, you know, I'm like, look at that. Let me show you how good God is. He let me be in first, and I pay for your meal, you know. Um, and so, so the thing is, is that, that we, we, we do things for other people, and we've got to check our motives. Why am, I, why am I serving? Am I doing it for accolades? Am I doing it to look good? Am I doing it for uh, people like me? Am I doing it for a thank you? Why am I doing what I do? Because even though it's good, when you get to heaven, those things that didn't have the right motives, it will be burned up like hay, stubble, and straw. Just like the three little pigs. But anyway, I just want to tell you today, man, heaven is my home, and I want to go there. And I pray that it's your home too. And I pray that that you want to go there. We've had two weeks, one on heaven and one on hell, and I started talking about it and, and the more I studied on heaven and hell and, and the great white throne judgment and the, the judgment seat of Christ. I realized I could have done about a six week sermon and I hadn't even touched the millennial rain and it's a whole other it's a whole I started trying to study that some, too. I was like, dear God, that take me an hour by itself. So so we maybe we'll do that at a different time. But would you buy your hand, close your eyes? Any, is, I just want to ask here, is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian, I don't know Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior? Um, But I want to come to Christ. I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to go to that heaven place. But I want to go because Jesus died for me. Because he loves me so much. Not because it's nicer than hell. I want to go because Jesus died for me and he loves me. And you say, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But man, there's some kind of, I don't know, I feel love in this place. I feel joy in this place. I feel peace in this place that I never felt before. And I hadn't felt in a long time maybe. And I just want to come to Christ. I want to ask Christ to come in my heart. Forgive me for my sins anybody in here at all there's a lot of people here maybe maybe online you might be want to raise your hand or or say something if you want to receive christ would you just raise your hand today to me real quickly i won't embarrass you nothing you want you want to receive christ i want to give you just a moment anybody online you you you, you can say that as well i see i see see some people a lot of people on here so so we'll be praying for if you if you want prayer how many people would, would, would be would say pastor doug I want to make it to heaven, but not just heaven. I want my motives, my actions, and I want the rewards of heaven to be able to return back to Christ. And I want to do it, and I want to do it with the right motive. I want to get there the right way. I want to do it the right way. I want to do it the right things. I don't want to just get in by the skin of my teeth. I don't want to just get there and have this little bit. I want to go up there, and I want to give God all I got. Even though I won't be ashamed when I get there because of how heaven's designed, I still want right now my heart's desire is to give God more than I'm presently giving Him right now. Anybody besides me want to raise their hand? I got my hand up. i tell you that. I want to give God more than what I'm giving Him. And I'm going to give Him more. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for this day. Thank You, Father, for the last two messages that warned us about about hell and what it's for and who it's for. And that You didn't create that place for us. You created heaven for us. And God, one day soon we're going to be there. Sooner than we all imagine, I believe. Thank You, Father. I don't understand some some of the details about heaven and, and this and the numbers and all that, God. But I know that You are there. I know you are my Lord and my King, and I want to be there with you forever. Lord, check my motives, my hearts, God. Check all of our hearts and our motives. God, help us always do things with the right attitude, the right motion, the right, the right deed, the right emotion, the right feelings, God, the, the right, right mode, everything, God, right, so we can please you when we get there. God, thank you for this judgment seat, God, that you will, you will bless us with these crowns, God, but I, I don't need those. I just want to be with you but I know you're going to give them to me, God, and I'm, I'm excited about them, and I'm going to just, just bless you back with them. In Jesus' name, I thank you for all you're doing. You're such amazing, God. Help me, help Kingdom Impact. Help us reach this city for you. God, send souls our way. Send new people our way. God, continue to bless us, and Lord, send more finance our way so we can help more people and do more things. God, help us to be committed in our giving. Help us to be committed in our, in our serving. Help us to be committed, God, in everything that we do. We're going to serve you forever. We thank you for it, God. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...